Welcome to Zenergy, the interactive podcast providing resources for building a better life. I am Zen Ashe. I am your catalyst, your conduit, and your coach to that better life. A coach draws out hidden potential in a subject. A catalyst sparks change and a conduit provides a connection. So I am here today to talk about concentration for every generation. And I represent one generation, you know, the 50 something generation. And my son, Elijah McFarland, How y'all he, doing? he represents the younger generation of 20 something college age, yeah. graduated from high school, yeah. that generation. So we're gonna, we're gonna just be chopping it up on this topic because he picked this topic. So why did you pick this topic? Well, being a part of my generation, I saw it as one of the biggest issues along with racial equality and other things going on in the time period. I noticed it to be one of the biggest weaknesses of society. Every other element of society has progressed. Over time, from your time period to my time period, we notice advancements in technology, communication, education, and so many different elements of society. And then we look at concentration. I mean, the simple ability to do it is just lacking, and it continues to lack as the generations continue. So what I notice is that as we progress in every other element of society, we fall short in that one, and that's why I wanted to talk about it. I noticed that as an individual in society in my generation, Concentration was, I have to say, one of the most useful and powerful, but also most difficult tools that I had to understand. When I understood that tool, it became one of the most powerful advantages for me, and it pushed me forward among a lot of my peers. I know that with success, there comes lessons. And one of the major lessons that I learned is that concentration is not just a building block, but literally a vital pillar of success. You cannot reach success without having strict control of your concentration. So that is why I feel it's important to talk about it. I know that I have been in so many different situations in my life. I've been in great positions where I was making great income, some that people would dream of. And I would have been considered rich. And then I've been in situations where I was homeless, hungry, lost, and I had no idea of how to fix it. And there was no one there to help me fix it. And I understood the only thing that made me change my situation from one to the other was concentrating on changing it. I could not just hope for the moment and then go to sleep tomorrow and, you know, just pray that it would change. I had to concentrate day in, day out, hour in, hour out, concentrate. But the way that it works, the way that I found it worked, is actually kind of backwards. People have so much trouble concentrating because they focus on exactly that. And that's 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 not the key. The key, just like success, is 
actually getting away from everything that's keeping you away from it. I want to take a moment to strike out a perfect uh, point of education. Go look up Escape to Prosperity. When I was younger, in my teens, I read that book and it changed my whole way of thinking. It taught me that in order to get to where you want to be in life, you have to break away from the things that are keeping you there. Mm-hmm. I forgot how important that was. I was so focused on success. I was so focused on money that I forgot that the things around me are the things that are keeping me from me. It's not success that's running from me. It's not money that's running from me. It's my friends that I'm keeping around me that are distracting me, that are keeping me running from success. It's my situations, my decisions, my locations. Those things that I'm choosing to place myself in are now my trap. And I chose to make it that out of my own doing. And because of that, I now bound myself to it and I could not escape. When I found that out, then I had to go back to this tool that I realized is so important, concentrate and change that day in, day out. I had to change it. I had to understand that there are things I need to learn and to figure that out, I do need to focus. And in order to focus I need to get away from the most difficult thing in doing that, distractions. Mm. So in order to truly concentrate, don't focus on concentration. Focus on getting away from distractions. Mm. You're taking a special take on Zenergy right now. What you have is not just Zenergy. You have a mother and a son who are sharing their life with you. And this son has a story to tell. I promise you. I literally can say I lived my life and I lost it legally. I could say that I've walked every walk of life and I know that side of the fence, there is no greener grass. It's all just grass. Mm. Mm. So I'll tell you the truth. When you learn that, you realize I'm not going to lie. Just mow the lawn. Just Mm -hmm. mow the lawn. And then you're going to notice the grass is just as good on your side as it is on the others. Just mow the lawn. Change your situation. Don't look at the grass the way it is. Change it. And then it's going to look a little bit better. You don't like the way your landscape looks. Well, learn about landscaping and change it. So I want to interject. So I wanted to go back, you know, to some things that you said, because you are my son, my biological son. I raised you from birth, gave birth to you, and all that stuff, nursed you, all that. (laughs) So when you say you were homeless, I know you're probably shocking the audience. You know, there was a period of time when we would not have been sitting across the table from each other. Right. Because he had made certain choices, and I felt that those choices were so out of the bounds of what I could have in my house that I had to say, you need to leave. And at the time, I didn't care where he went. Um, He had a father, you know, um, who wasn't very involved. Um, 
And he had lots of friends. He had lots of relatives. He had other places that he ended up being for a while. And then he burned a lot of bridges. He spent some time burning a lot of bridges with family, with friends. And um, eventually we came back to reconciling and, you know, but that was a period where that he went through and um, being a parent, sometimes you have to, or I'll say I felt I had to, I won't speak for other parents. I felt I had to go the tough love route um, and say, you can't be here. Um, some people would disagree with me. Some people would think that that's not motherly or whatever. Well, it's not your child and it's not your life and that you do what you want to do. I did what I felt I needed to do at the time. And as much as there may at times be some friction because he did go through some difficult things because I made that decision. Um, I feel that it was part of the process of our healing because he had to learn some of the things that he did learn on his journey. And I had to learn some of the things that I learned on my journey. And then we came back together later on down the road, having both learned and grow grown. Um, and so I am not, uh, I'm never on this platform to say that I have all the answers. I don't think anybody has all the answers. I think we do the best that we can with what we have and we make the best decisions that we can make and we live with those decisions, you know? So I thought it was an interesting topic that he picked, you know, because when you are distracted, you know, there are serious consequences to that distraction. A lot of people die because of distractions. You know, they they text and drive or they they're not paying attention to their surroundings. So concentration is is key, um, even in just living, even in just survival. So I thought it was a very powerful topic that he picked, you know, and, and he does have a story to tell. You know, he has I, I'm, I'm pretty sure one point. He may end up writing a book or or becoming a motivational speaker or something to that effect. I don't know, because he has done and and experienced a lot in his 25 years, you know. But um, I think that going back to concentration, concentration is where you build your mindset, you know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's a very interesting word. Why heart? Why not? As he thinks in his mind. I think it's because the mind and the heart are absolutely connected in terms of what you think in your core. That's who you are. And the core of you is your thought process, but it's also those emotions that are guiding you. And um, when you are focusing on the wrong thing. When you're concentrating on the wrong thing, you're letting the wrong thing guide you, you end up in the wrong situation. So as he was saying, getting rid of those distractions, and, and I want to mention also reading, you know, I was a different kind of parent. I'm an educator and I did not let my kids watch a lot of TV. He can tell you, I did not let my kids... <laughs> 
I did not let them watch a lot of TV or play a lot of video games. You know, like they might have gotten one or two hours a day, right? It was about one or two hours a day. That yeah. they could watch video games and they could play, um, they could they could be on the, the the TV. I didn't even let them watch certain programs. Like they couldn't watch SpongeBob in my house. Yeah, couldn't watch it. There was yeah. there were certain programs that were banned. I'm like, that's too stupid. You're not watching that. That's <laughs> too stupid. You know. But I but actually, I want to say this, and I'm gonna let you talk. I remember when my son did come back to the house, and uh, I remember that. Um, I had sent him a bunch of books while he was gone and his friends that he was staying with would watch him sit down and read a book. And they were like, you read? And he was like, yeah, I've read ever since I was a kid. My mama made me read. She made mm-hmm. us read. We had to read. We couldn't live in a house and not read, <laughs> you know? Um, and the fact that there are literally books at 25 that he can point out that I did not make him read like Escape to Prosperity, which I have never read. I'm going to have to put that on my reading list now. He can point out to people, this book changed my life. This book changed my life. This book changed my life. You know, um, I sowed a seed in him that one way that you inform yourself is to read and that people used to say about black people, if you want to keep something from them, put it in a book. Mm -hmm. And I wanted, I wanted nothing to be kept from my kids in terms of, I wanted them to have access to all the knowledge in the world. And I figured that all the knowledge in the world is in books. Now, some of it's in the world. We know experience in the world is powerful, but for him to be able to say that and for him to have people say to him, man, I've never seen anybody your age that reads like you do. You know, I mean, I felt like that was one of the things that I did do right as a parent. So I'm going to let you talk. Well, to actually add on to that, um, given a special take on it, because everyone knows, you know, what the parent may view as right. And everyone understands, you know, when the parent comes out with their opinion, but not always does the child get a chance to voice their opinion. In this case, they do. And this child is actually very grateful for his childhood. I know that there are a lot of things that I did not experience. SpongeBob, like one of them. And there were a lot of Things that other kids did that I did not do. Um, At the time, I could not completely understand it. I thought it was uh, something maybe I didn't deserve. I thought maybe it was something we couldn't have because maybe we just couldn't have it. We weren't able. I didn't know what the reasons were, um, and I didn't have the answers. But later on, as I grew up, And I learned more. I started to realize without all of these life changes, there would have never been the developments in my life that I had. There would have never been the breakthroughs that I experienced, which I cannot lie, are so much more worth any of the trial and tribulation that I have experienced. The testimony that I have to this day itself alone is worth 
every trial and tribulation that I experienced. I know of every time that she talked about, I can remember it in my memory. And there was not a single ounce of regret. There was not a single ounce of, how can you say, tension. Because what I understood as she explained these points in my life is that two things. One, that those are points in the past that are no longer here. And two, that those points in the past are actually the reason why I am here today and able to say that with pride. So I know that I would not have been able to do that without these things. For example, let's start with concentration. In every generation, like mine, so I noticed that as a child, most children watch TV most of their day. And because of that, they have trouble concentrating, especially in school. But you'll notice also, aside from school, they can't do things like I was able to do, like sit down and read a book. Because they are so constantly dependent on information being given to them and already being programmed that they don't want to go and find the information themselves. See, I want to go and talk about something she brought up. We are not here to provide the answers. We are here to ask questions, but not just any question. We're here to ask the right ones. Because then we can get the answers. We can all get them together. We don't have them. So if you came here looking for them, you're not going to find them. But I promise what you will find is a place for more questions where you will find more answers. We want to make you curious. Therefore, making you intelligent. Therefore, making you informed therefore making you more successful than you were before you tuned into this show. That's why we want to teach you about the powerful tool of concentration, the things like distraction that keep you from it, and the way that this tool and many tools like it can change your life. I lived my life and I've worked through the trials and tribulations to tell you my story. I know it. I know how to go get some money for real. I know how to go chase some success for real. I know how to change your life for real. I know how to turn you into whatever you want to be for real. And I know how to do it just by talking to you for real. Mm -hmm. So you can take this as a show or you can take this as a life changer. But I don't know what you're going to take it as. I can tell you what I'm going to take it as. An opportunity. Mm -hmm. Just like everything I do, I take everything in life as exactly that. That's why I seize every moment. I don't waste it. I had no idea what I was going to come and say on this camera. I cannot lie to you. I won't ever. I came in here and I spoke my truth. I don't have a single clue. Not anything was written. This is my story. I don't plan for it to be glorified, but I do plan for it to be learned from. I promise you that. You know, going from, I'll say this, life is ups and downs. Our relationship 
has been ups and downs. Definitely. Our lives have been ups and downs. Everybody out there can relate to that. The peaks and the valleys, all of that. Um, and starting over again and again and again and again, you know, even at 25, he's done it a couple of times. I've done it after my divorces. It's, um, difficult. It's difficult. To say the least. It's difficult. You know, but I, I like what he said about Zenergy is the urge for more peace in life, but it's also about principles. And my goal setting pack that I created has journal questions. Why are there journal questions? Because I believe one of the ways you learn about yourself is asking questions, as he said, and concentrating, taking your imagination and putting it on a certain topic and exploring that topic and seeing where that topic takes you. What do you learn about yourself? What do you learn about your life? What do you learn about your decisions, your past? What can you learn that you can actually put into place in your life? I was listening to a YouTube video and it was talking about a scripture, two scriptures. I don't listen to a lot of stuff about scriptures, but this was actually about how the Bible is a metaphysical book. And so I was listening to it. And this scripture they brought up was, I think, Mark eleven twenty four, And it said, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have it. And they said that the word pray is not what we think it is. It is not your hands folded. It is not your knees on the ground. It is not you, you know, laying down prostrate. It is not you bowing with your head to the ground like the Muslims do. The word pray actually means to focus in the Hebrew or to concentrate. So really what that scripture is, when you concentrate or when you imagine, believe that you receive it and you will have it. God dog. When you imagine, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. That is so powerful. When I say, you know, I, I want to take a moment to actually speak on how powerful that is because I had to use that um, this last time when I started over. Let me explain. <clears throat> um, everyone knows, you know, what it's like to struggle. I don't know if you've ever experienced a financial struggle, but uh, you've experienced a struggle. Um, but mine was financial. Like, over a year ago, um, when I had came home, I had $200 and nowhere to go, no car, and still literally no idea what to do. Like, literally. Um... And what I noticed was that no one knew that. No one knew that because before that point in time, before I had even came home, people were still under the impression I was living a very luxurious life. I had a $50,000 car. I had more than one of them. I had a nice place with a lot of stuff. I had all different types of material things that would have made anyone think you are living the life. And then all these things got taken away from me, like, overnight. 
And I, I experienced one of the greatest losses of my entire life. And I was no longer this person that I, I was used to being. And even though people thought I was, I knew I wasn't. What I didn't know was how powerful the idea of me still believing that I was. No one knew that I was applying for jobs and that I was a worker or wanted to be one. They still looked at me as a boss. So guess what? When I approached them, I didn't approach them like a worker. I approached them with a stature of a boss, the demeanor, the language of a boss. And when I did that, I noticed that they naturally submitted and they may have been in a better situation than mine. They wouldn't have even known because that natural focus that I had to remain in that position, no matter the fact that I was not realistically in it, realistically brought that position back to me because I knew as long as I focus on remaining the way that I was, the way that I walked, the way that I talked, the way that I acted, the way that I thought, then why not would life eventually remain the way that it was? So I knew that no matter whether I have $200 or 200000 I know to get back to where I want to be, I got to feel like I'm already there. So it was so many times I would walk around and I would know it's not my house, but I would walk around like it is mine, talking like it is mine feeling like it is mine. And you know what? It is. And it's not because it is. It's because I know that I'm going to have one just like I want it. But until I get there, I got to already feel like I am. So you segued right into something that I was going to bring up. So everybody talks about the law of attraction. The law of attraction is not the only divine law that there is. There's so many out there. There's one that people don't talk about very often. It's called the law of assumption. Mm -hmm. The law of assumption says become what you want to become in your head first, and it will actually become real to you. And you'll know that it's real and that it's just a matter of time when you stop desiring it because you already feel you have it. Mm -hmm. Because we desire things we don't have. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point in time when you're just thankful mm -hmm. and you're just feeling already like it's yours, feeling like it's already reality, feeling like it's already there. Another scripture that was in this YouTube video that I was listening to, besides the, you know, when you pray, believe you receive and you shall have it was another one that people quote all the time. The truth shall make you free. And this is what the guy said. He said, it doesn't say reality will make you free. It says you shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. What does that mean? Truth and reality can be two different things. Now that blows people's minds. Okay. Reality can be that you have $200 in your pocket. 
Okay. The truth can be that you are capable of being a millionaire, but that doesn't match your reality. But if the truth is what you are focusing on, concentrating on, working towards, and not worrying about the reality of the $200 in your pocket, you can be made free. So there has to be a point in time when the truth becomes more important in your reality because reality is temporary. You know, truth is much more indelible and much more eternal. You know, so that's another thing is a lot of times we get bogged down and we concentrate on the wrong things, not just the distractions, but we concentrate on temporary situations that can change any moment. And, and we stop we stop looking for solutions because we're so worried and concentrated on the problem. You know, um, I was listening to this guy talk about he wanted to be an owner of an auto parts store, but his problem was he didn't have any money. And he happened to talk to the right person and the right person said, money is not the only thing that gets you stuff. Connections get you things. Your belief gets you things. So what you need to do is you need to go and do some visualizing. You need to go and do some journaling. You need to sit and believe that it's going to happen and that doors are going to open for you and not worry about the reality if you don't have money because money can come. And so the guy was like, okay, I'm going to go do some visualizing. I'm going to go, I'm going to just believe that the doors are going to open for me. So he literally would sit and he would do some meditation and he would picture himself, picture himself in that auto parts store. His wife is running in. She's like, man, I'm so happy you have this. You are so happy now that you have this store. Look at all the customers that are lining up outside. You know, look at our daughter. She's going to have this legacy of getting this store passed down to her. And he was feeling all of this, feeling all of this, being full of it and began to thank God, thank the universe, thank the ancestors. You know, I'm so thankful that doors are going to open, opportunities are going to open for me to get this auto parts store. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. And he was at work one day and was just talking about, you know, one day I'm going to have an auto parts store, you know, to just one of his friends, coworkers, and a guy was walking by and he said, what did you just say? And he was like, I was just telling them, you know, I'm thankful that I'm going to have an auto parts store one day. And the guy said, you want an auto parts store? He was like, man, I got a, I've got like five different properties and this auto parts store is giving me a headache. You know, I really need somebody to take it over. And the guy was like, really? Are you serious? He was like, yeah. Um, Hey, let's come sign the paperwork. He was like, but I don't have any money. He was like, dude, I don't need your money. I need somebody to take it over. You can pay me out of the profits of the business. So he literally went and signed on a dotted line, got the property and they drew up a contract of how much it was going to cost and how long he was going to pay. He got it with no money. Why did he get it with no money? Because the truth had made him free. The truth was that he didn't need money. He just needed a connection. So sometimes we have in our head a problem that isn't even a problem. Because money can solve a lot of things, but money can't solve everything. And sometimes what we need is not money. We just need to know the right person. We just need the right door to open. We just need 
just the right mindset when we walk into a situation. And so concentration, that man, the one who got the auto parts store, he went up and looked up the guy who told him, you don't need money. You need to get your mindset right. And he sent him a letter. He sent him an email. I said, um, I wanted to send you a picture of my new company. And it was a month after he had had that conversation. A month. And his whole life was different because he chose to focus. He chose to make that scripture, the truth shall make you free, a reality in his life. And focus and concentrate on the truth and not his situation, not his reality. That is so powerful. That is so powerful that as I listen to you talk, I literally flashed of every moment in my life from single digit age up till now when I ran into so many problems, big and small, and I noticed that out of every skill that I had, out of every talent that I knew, the skill that I was the most capable, I'm talking the most advanced, and never knew it was problem solving. And that was a skill that not only changed my life, it literally saved it. And I want to take a a moment to, to glance back when I was on the other side of the fence just to learn the grass was not greener. And I remember these moments in life where I did run into problems. And I remember these time periods in life where I did hit rock bottom. And I remember there was a lot of burnt bridges and a lot of closed doors and nothing but cold air. And and that gave me a serious problem, a whole lot of them. And honestly, the only way to get out of them was to find the solution. But the problems that I had sometimes were so severe that what I noticed is the only way to get out of it is I have to completely lose focus of the problem entirely. I have to completely forget that I'm even in the problem. I used to walk the streets homeless, completely forgetting that I was homeless, just walking around, listening to music, happy, knowing I had a place to go, knowing I had no place to go. Why? Because I understood my reality was not my truth. Mm. Yes, I don't have a home, but no, I'm not homeless. Yes, I don't have any money, but no, I'm not broke. Yes, I am on a cane, but no, I'm not weak. Yes, I did legally die, but no, I'm not dead. I am very much alive. Yes, I was a failure many a times. I did fail, but my life is a success. So, yes, I did have a lot of problems, probably more than most. But what I noticed is because of that, the mindset that I created was not a problem-minded mindset. It was a solution-minded mindset that became so instinctive that when a problem came, brrr, 
A hundred scenarios and solutions already popped in my head before the problem even got to irritating me. Literally. And so before it even got to the point where I'm grinding the gears of life trying to fix the problem, the problem was already fixed. I already knew the solution way back when the problem was coming. I saw it. I just had to follow through. And the only way that you do that is you focus, you concentrate. Because we all get a great idea at some point in life. We all get some kind of breakthrough. We all get some kind of experience that changes us, that makes us develop our understanding either of ourself or of life, period. The only question is, are you going to focus on that? Are you going to develop that? Are you going to concentrate on that idea, on that change, on that development long enough to actually do something about it? That's the only thing that's going to make you different from the other 7 billion people in this world. Did you actually do something about the ideas that were in your head or did they just stay in your head? Did you actually keep them there when they popped in there or did they just fly out where they came in? Because when my thoughts came, I concentrated on them. And now they're not just thoughts. I live them every day. I wake up and it almost feels like a dream except for it's not. Because I'm awake again and I pinch myself and I feel it. Oh no, it's real. It's very real. It's very real. uh, Like 13 months ago, it was a dream when I was in jail. And I was thinking about freedom and having money and driving around in a nice car and doing all these things when I was thinking about the ideas of, oh, yeah, it felt like a great idea. But no, that was definitely not my reality, but I knew it was my truth. So the understanding today is do not concentrate on your reality. Concentrate on your truth. Do not look for answers if you're not even asking the right questions. Do not understand anything about life until you understand yourself. And then when you do that, then go understand life. But when you try, you have to concentrate. You know, I want to speak on um, a couple of things that you said. So we had a conversation years ago. I think you might have been in high school. And... You asked me why didn't some of the things that you had done bother me at that time? Um, And I said to you, I said, because I raised you a certain way. And I knew that eventually a light was going to click off in your head that what you were doing was common and it was beneath you and you had more potential than that. And so when you saw you remember this conversation I'm talking about? When you saw that you were going to you were going to do it to yourself and say, what am I doing? Why am I even doing this? I have more potential than this. This may be my reality, but this is definitely not the truth of who I am. And I said, my job as your parent was, number one, to keep reminding you of who you were, not who you were acting like. Mm -hmm. Because you were acting like uh, <laughs> <Paid> some, <it> <laughs> <laughs> you, you were acting like uh, you know, yeah, Bobo the fool. You yeah. you were doing some foolish things. You were you were really out there doing some stuff, and yeah. I was like, okay, hey, 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 and you knew that I was not 
agreeing with things that you were doing. And we talked about that, but there was a point, like I said, my job as your parent was to always keep that standard there and say, this is what you should be in terms of your potential. And this is where you should go in terms of your potential. And I'm not talking about you should be in this certain career. Or you should be at this certain college. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about here is the limit, which really there isn't one. And here is where you are. So when you get tired, you know, kind of like the little, the Bible says about the prodigal son, when you get tired of the pig pen, okay, let's come on and we can put, we can kill the fatted calf and we can put the, you know, we can put the, um, the, the princely robe on you and you can, you can end up with, you know, a better life, but you're going to have to get tired of the pig pen. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't like that prodigal son story. I've lived that prodigal son story of basically having to let your son go have his pig pen experience, you know, and, and, um, not going out there looking for him, not going out there, saving him, not going out there and getting him out of the, the, the slop with the pigs, not, not doing any of that, letting him go through the whole gamut of everything until he comes back and says, I'm full. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fool. I'm full. I was wrong. I don't want no more. And uh, I'd like to take a dime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, and, and people don't understand that's a, what they, they think it's a nice story in the Bible. No, that's the life that some parents need to live. That's what some parents need to do. Um, you know, because otherwise, okay, my son is 25, right? There are some parents that have been bailing their kids out for 30 years because they did not let them have a pig pen experience. My son is 25 and he's done with his pig pen experience. He's been there. He's done that. He's still going to make some mistakes, but he's not going to make some of those mistakes again. You know, so it's tough love, you know, and, and it's, it, it is love. I, I, I told my kids when they were very little, probably the very first thing I told you when you could read and, and write and understand was what? I will always love you. That's the one thing I can always remember through everything in my childhood. I know that. She always loved us, and there was never a doubt in that. So I knew that there were things that she decided to do. Some of it made sense. Some of it didn't. But I knew that it was all out of love. I never questioned that. So I knew that even though I did not like her decision at times, I knew that it probably was best for me. And the only reason I didn't like it is because it wasn't easy. And, And that's just the truth. I mean, because it was difficult. And so because it was difficult, I didn't like it, but that didn't make it wrong. It just made it difficult. That was it. Because it was actually the most right thing that could have ever been done for me in my particular situation. Me learning from these experiences is the way that I am able to speak to other people and save them from it. Um, People don't like to listen to someone who has never been in their shoes. 
Everyone knows that one person in the room who loves to talk about things they never done. Nobody likes that person. And then everyone knows that one person in the room that will only talk about things that they actually know about. Everybody loves that guy or that girl. Everybody loves them because they know whatever you get from them is real. Well, nice to meet you. I'm that guy. Whatever you get from me is real. So I gave y'all a piece of my life. I hope that y'all take it. I hope that it does give you some kind of benefit. And it does help you. It has definitely done amazing things for me to learn the things that I've learned from my own experiences. So I don't take them for a joke. I know that um, there are honestly sometimes no such thing as second chances. Mm. So honestly, you need to know that now before you try to find out. Because I was on the floor begging for one. I was on the floor bleeding out begging for one just to find out that I might not get it. And it took literally dying on the operating table to realize, you know what, maybe I should take my life a little bit more serious. Just a little bit. I don't want any of you to have to be in that to realize that life is that serious. I'd much rather you just learn from the guy in the room who was there and just, he can tell you, I was there, I saw it, and yeah. Don't go down there. <laughs> Just don't do it. That's me. I made it back. And I'm just telling you, don't go down there. Learn. And when you do, concentrate. So that when you get everything that you need to know understood, you can actually do something with it. Don't just learn if you're not gonna utilize the information because then it's useless knowledge. It was no better sitting on a piece of paper if it wasn't put into action. So that's why it takes concentration because concentration is the bridge between thought and action. That's why. Yeah, I agree with all of that. You know, one more thing that I heard in this um YouTube video that I was listening to, they were talking about the story of the potter's wheel. And in the story of the potter's wheel, the parable of the potter's wheel, you know, a man goes to the potter's house and the potter is making a, a vessel and the vessel's all messed up and he doesn't throw it away. He just pounds it down into a, a lump of clay again. He starts all the way over and he rebuilds it into something that's beautiful. And then he has to put it through the fire for it to be actually fully set. Well, come to find out that the word potter is the word imagination in Hebrew and Greek. So if you and I are the vessel, the way that we reshape ourselves is through our imagination it's through reimagining ourselves. It's through sometimes pounding ourselves back down to our basics and then reshaping ourselves completely from scratch. 
and then sometimes going through the fire so that we get set, so that we get finished, so that we get firm. And then we are that finished product. So you can't talk about concentration really without talking about the imagination. You have to literally grab hold of your imagination and use it to reimagine yourself and to put yourself in a situation mentally and emotionally where you are really in tune with where you want to be. You know, even today, you know, my sons are not exactly where I want them to be. Um, and I still today will say affirmations over them. I will say, you know, that God's will is coming to pass in their life, that whatever I see that bothers me, I'm not focusing on that. I'm going to imagine them the way I want to see them. So I'm just going to speak. So, you know, Facebook audience, I see this young man over here as a business person, an entrepreneur, someone who is going to train others, someone who is going to speak to others, someone who's going to lead and guide others, someone who's going to be creating all kinds of projects and products, someone who is going to be in the boardroom with a suit on, um, or if he chooses not to have a suit with his own logo, however he wants to dress, but he's going to be saying, you go here, you go here, you go here, go, you go here, you do this, you do this, you do this, go back to his office, get on his phone and do whatever he needs to do. That's what I see when I look at my son. I do not see my son as anybody's employee, not because he can't take directions, but to be honest, he doesn't have an employee mentality. He was raised to think for himself. He was raised to visualize. He was raised to plan. He was raised to strategize. That's what he does. So anything less that he's doing may be reality, but it's not the truth. You know, so the truth of what I put into him and what I feel God put into him is that his name is Elijah. What did Elijah do? Elijah was a prophet. What do prophets do? They see the future. They imagine the future. They speak the future. Even when nobody believes them and even when nobody else sees it, they still do it. And what they say comes to pass. That's what my son was named for. That's who my son is. So anything that he has in his present life that doesn't line up with that may be reality, but it's not truth. And truth always trumps reality, you know? So I believe that the truth will make my son free. I believe that the truth will mold and shape him and he will mold and shape himself into becoming everything he can be. Um, and as his mother, that's the standard that I have for him. Now, whatever he does, I will love him. There's nothing he can do. I told him when he was probably four or five years old, there's nothing you can do to stop me from loving you. I love you regardless. I love you if you're, you know, 
laying in the gutter, you know, in your own vomit because you being stupid, you know, and you just passed out drunk. I love you. Not to say he's ever done that. I love you, you know, regardless of whatever, you know, but but when I look at you, that's what I see. You know, when I look at you, that's what I see. That's that is the vision. You know, people say write the vision and make it plain. Also, speak the vision and make it plain. You know, tell people, you know, so as a parent, I feel that every parent has to have a vision for their child, you know, and the vision is not necessarily for them to go into a certain field. It's for them to accomplish their potential and be happy. You know, I want my son to be absolutely happy, at peace, um, you know, energized, to be the full expression of himself, you know, and, and to be completely happy and fulfilled in every area of life and healthy and whole and all those things, you know. So and and when he was in the hospital and I was beside him, that was his reality. And his reality was the doctor said he could have had a colostomy bag. And I said, that's not his truth. The reality was that he could have been paralyzed. That was not his truth. The reality was, oh, he got shot in case you haven't figured that out. (laughs) Facebook audience. Um, So the reality was he could have been paralyzed. That was not his truth. The reality was he could have never walked again. That was not his truth. His truth was that he was going to recover. It was going to be difficult. It was going to be painful. It was going to be lonely. It was going to be hard. It was going to be something that he still deals with to this day, to a certain degree, because he still has scars. But his truth is also that he's an overcomer. He's a survivor, you know, and his truth is that when he speaks about his experiences and he did it at one of my live shows, people are changed and people are impacted. And that's also his gift. You know, that's not a gift that I even visualize for him because I never visualized him having that particular experience. But um, concentration you know, concentrating on the future that you want for your kids and, and, and telling them, you know, their goodness and their worth is very powerful. Even when you see them acting a fool, you know, that you see more for them and you see better for them. And um, even today, um, I'm still encouraging him to be everything And also to realize that growth isn't always pretty. Growth isn't always pleasant. Sometimes growth is um, difficult and ugly, you know, but it's worth it. And is there anything else that you wanted to say before we wrap this up about concentration or... No, I do um, definitely agree with that, that um, growth, there is a misconception with growth that it um, 
is always good. Sometimes it's not. Some of the hardest times in my life were actually the biggest points of growth for me. So please understand that growth is not always associated with good. Growth can sometimes be very painful, but very necessary. So that is the true literal meaning and definition behind growing pains. And it does not just happen when you are an infant. It continues through your elders and sunset on into the box. So you are going to continue growing even when your bones stop. You're going to continue growing even when your teeth fall out and your hair does too. And everything else along with it, you will grow until you can. And then guess what? You will grow some more, just spiritually, (laughs) literally. So there is never a point where you stop growing. There is never a point where it is always good. So in understanding that and coping with it and all of the struggles and trials and tribulations of life, understanding that they are necessary in order to experience every pleasure of life with all of its greatness, you have to know every trial of life with all of its pain. You have to. The only way you know how good your favorite food in the world is is because you know just how nasty the worst thing you ever tasted is. You know just how nasty it is and how it can be. And so when you taste that delicate food, your favorite one, that tastes so pleasurable because you remember how different it is from the worst thing you ever tasted. And uh, did you want to say something no, else? No, that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, I wanted to mention, you know, I have this Zenergize Your Life Volume 1. And in each of these pages, there are journal prompts and meditations and space for you to put pictures of people that inspire you. You know, this is mine. I've shown it every episode. You know, this is my page one, which was Abundance. This is my page two, which is access. And I have page three, which is accountability. Um, You can see the pictures that I put on here. Some are pictures of me, you know, at different points in my life because there are things I'm proud of, like going natural. I'm going to have my natural one year anniversary, February 20th. Man, I'm proud of that one. Yeah, for sure. That was a big change. Unexpected, but I think it was a great one. Thank you. Along with many things like bringing Zenergy to the world. That was one of the biggest, but best changes I saw and I hope you all appreciate it as much as I do because I know she is my mother but trust me that Zenergy can mother anyone Mm -hmm. I'll tell you it really can if you listen to her voice (laughs) man (laughs) what Try staying mad and listening to her voice. (laughs) 
try doing that one. If you can do that, I want to find you and pay you. <laughs> Literally, because you got a skill I have not found yet. So um, I'm so serious. If you if you listen to this podcast and you don't feel the vibe, then honestly, this is not the show for you. And I say that with full confidence because I know that every single person seeing this show has to feel that vibe. You have to feel that realness. And if you cannot connect with that realness, then maybe it's not the show. I understand it completely. I opened myself up to reality. And by doing that, I accepted truth. And sometimes the truth was not always what I wanted to see, but I promise I accepted it. That was the only way that I moved forward. That was the only way that I got better. The only way that I actually grew. I had to accept the truth that it was at the moment that it was the truth and then move forward. I couldn't say that that was the truth forever, but I had to accept that it was for the moment and I have to move forward past it. In order to do that, I had to concentrate once again. So this is why it's the most important tool I found to success, to money, power, all the different things that people want in life that I have definitely had my taste of. I've had all of that. Um, And I know that the only way that I attained all of those things was definitely concentration and a whole lot of it. Sacrifice came along with it. Um, And basically going back to what I said in the beginning, escaping from all of the things that held me back from those things came along with it but number one along with problem solving was concentration if you can have those skills you are for sure guaranteed success i cannot give you a timeline and no one will be able to i cannot give you a limit of income or a limit of wealth no one will be able to predict that but what i can tell you is you will be successful You will be powerful. You will be happy. You will have what you want if you can concentrate on it and focus on it and make sure that every problem keeping you from it gets solved. It's simple. It's just simple. Don't work towards it as hard as you already are. You're going to overstress yourself. You only have 24 hours in a day. If you're already working 8 or 16 or 12, you can only give so many more. You got to sleep another 8. You only have so much time. You only have so much work. You only have so much energy. You can only give so much. But if you understand the idea that truthfully you don't need to give a whole lot. You just need to stop being taken away from. Stop letting people take your time. Stop letting people waste your money. Stop letting people seize your opportunities. Stop having things taken from you and you're just going to be naturally more prosperous. Start being away from the environments that keep you away from the things and start putting yourself around the environments that have those things. If you want to be rich, actually leave your location and go be in a rich one. If you want to be smart, then leave where you're at and go be with the intelligent people. 
It makes sense. It's actually logical. It makes sense. Different people hang with different people. Intelligent people hang with other intelligent people. Rich people hang with other rich people. Stupid people hang with other stupid people. Time wasters hang with time wasters. If you want to be with the right group, then get with the right group. It's simple. And the only way that you're going to change your group is to concentrate. Ain't no one going to let you in their group on your own. No one's just going to allow you in there. No one's just going to hand you a check for a million dollars. But I guarantee you there's a check for a million dollars with your name on it if you can concentrate and you visualize it and you'll solve every problem keeping you from signing that check. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, I'm holding this book because it's full of meditations and places for you to put affirmations and goals and songs and movies and books and uh, people, you know, pictures of people that inspire you and pictures of goals that you want to accomplish. And as I am promoting this to you, I also want to say that when you do these things, if you do it the right way, there are going to be times when you feel great joy at what you learn about yourself. And then there, there may be times when you feel disgusted at what you learn about yourself. <laughs> And you may feel a little overwhelmed at what you learn about yourself. And you may feel a little um, frustrated with things that you need to change. But the point is, um, concentrating on it on one area a week or one area a month or however you want to do it and actually doing the work, that's how you actually build a principle-based life that's moving you forward to these things, to controlling the access. We're talking about concentration, but concentration goes with access. He's been talking about distractions all episode. That's about access. That's also about accountability. How are you using your time? Who are you letting, you know, take from you your time or your money? So these things are not separate and they don't relate to each other. They actually connect and interweave and interbuild, you know, and then all of that goes back to the first topic, which is abundance. You know, you want to have more money, you want to have more peace, you want to have more of whatever it is. Well, there's ways to get there, you know. So I'm showing you the first three pages because I've done the first three pages, you know, but you can do this at your own pace. I've got inspirational bookmarks. This is 12 of them. You know, you can get for $10. I've got, you know, T-shirts and masks and all these different things. But the whole point of this show, as he said, is to get you to ask the right questions, to get you to focus on the right concepts, to get you to think about how do I build a better life, a life that's more fulfilling, a life that's more peaceful, a life that's more integrated, a life where I'm able to become who I want to be. And, and some of that is tough love on yourself and on the people in your life. And some of that is, you know, getting a tool like this and working on it. So we have really opened up our home and our family and our relationship to you. So you can see that this is how you do growth. This is how you do change. You're honest. Mm -hmm. You're open, you're transparent, and you face up to what needs to be faced up to. And you concentrate on what needs to be concentrated on and you remove from yourself distractions that you don't need to use or need to have in your life. And, and 
And it's a process. You know, we are still getting used to each other in some ways. 13 months is, is, a, is a while, but it's not forever. And there's bumps and bruises around, along, along the way, but, you know, there's a lot of love. And, and in bringing Zenergy to you, um, I am bringing you a lot of the love that I have for humanity and for people and for the Black community and anybody, really, that wants to go on this journey um, of growth. And that's the honest truth, because we all, we all need to grow. <laughs> so I want to thank you guys for joining me. And I want to thank you for listening to my son, Elijah McFarlane. And hope you guys have a great week. May you walk in Zenergy. Peace. I know you feel like I said a lot of things I don't mean But I really mean it though And I feel the same way sometimes So this for both of us And if you tell something to me Please make sure that you mean it And don't tell nothing to me if you ain't sure, you don't mean it And if you tell something to me Please make sure that you mean it And don't tell nothing to me If you ain't sure, you don't mean it I don't know how you still fucking with me Cause I know it hurt you, but I didn't mean it I know you feel like nothing to me But I love you and I really mean it I don't know how you really still fucking with me Cause I know I hurt you, but I didn't mean it And I know that you feel like nothing to me But I really love you and I really mean it So if you tell something to me Please make sure that you mean it And don't tell nothing to me If you ain't sure My name is Zen Shea, and I have a weekly podcast called Zenergy, which is fuel for the mind, body, and soul. And this is the Zenergize Your Life Goal Setting Package, Volume 1. It comes with the workbook, a journal, stickers, a bookmark, tabs, and a QR code where you can find my podcast. And inside this workbook, you're going to have 16 different principles. The first one, I'm going to show you mine, is abundance. You have a place to put pictures that inspire you of role models, also pictures of goals that you want to create, goals, journal prompts, meditations, affirmations, all kinds of things to help you focus on this principle to better your life. And like I said, there's 16 principles. So this is a $15 package that comes with all of these things I've shown you, $21 with shipping and handling, and you can get it at laughsandlyrics.com. So Zenergize Your Life with me. Thank you.